Welcome, folks. Welcome. That's weird to hear that. To the dad cast. Why is that weird to hear? Uh, I just remember messing around and making it up. Building that song. That's I don't even have an electric guitar. I just How'd you, put, it, uh, put it through a filter to make it sound like electric. Through your regular guitar? Yeah, I just played my acoustic, but I put effects on it on inside the garage band. You used the electricity. I did. To make an electric guitar, yeah. huh? I did. I used <laughs> I see what you're doing. Yeah, think of that way, man. Yeah. What, yeah. what was the, I've had this question a couple times. What was the focus for that song? Like, what were you thinking when you made that song? Just, let's just give a quick intro. Hey folks, this is the Dadcast. Hey. I'm your host, Timon. This is the Timon Podcast Network. Welcome to another Dadcast. You guys are waiting for it. You guys have been hating for it. <laughs> uh, this is my dad. We're we talking about stuff. Usually yeah. spiritual stuff. Yeah. Weird stuff, man. Weird stuff. But um, anyways, do you want to give an intro real quick? Hi, I'm Dad. Tim is Dad. Nice. That's that's it. That's all they need to know. Yeah. Um, what was the focus? He made the song for the intro, the one that I do for all my stuff. Basically, all my intro songs you've made. Uh-huh. Uh, what was the focus for this one? The it's got like a western vibe. Was that the intention? Um, I no, I just started the and I was messing around with it. I'm like, okay, I got to get a drum beat, so I laid down a drum beat. And then I went back and did the guitar and then I started putting in, it turned into what it sounds like because of what I added. But that, that one line, right. And so then I was playing around with that and then I'm like, well, I'm probably going to do that. Then I'm going to do an echo. Then I'm going to do, you know, I just kept adding to it and I do the voices in there and do the yeah i do the indian thing yeah like yeah. That. native american no I, it just evolves came as together you, as you mess with it yeah it's got a good vibe to it that's thanks for sure um yeah you made a lot of pretty much all of our music what what's this one called storm storm stormhead stormhead why'd you call it Stormhead? i think i don't <laughs> i don't know i was like well, i gotta name it maybe there was a storm going on when i was mess i, I mean I come up with a line or something like that, but then I, I'll I'll add to it over, you know, I might have messed with that for a month before. You did something. Before I, yeah. yeah. So, so when you first point, started it, maybe there was a storm and then later on? At some point there was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I kept naming, I have to name stuff. Yeah. So, to, you can so I know what it is. So I've got like Tim and podcast, Tim and podcast one, Tim and podcast two, Tim and Lincoln show. Right. So I was like, I don't know. This needs a title. So. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I've been I've been vibing to it. Sometimes I just listen to it just by itself. <laughs> oh. I should just put it on spot. I think I should just put it on Spotify. I have one that I haven't messed with for about a month, but I, it's about uh, the fallen realm being rebuked when Jesus went to the grave and preached to them. Mm. So yeah, I think I played it for you once. I I've just left let it go for a while, but yeah. That has you spoken word in it. Uh, Did you send it to me once? Yeah, I played. I played it before. It has. It's at the end of it. Right. Yeah, you haven't played it on here, but not on Dadcast. But you right. sent it to me a, a little. It was like the Timmons podcast. Did I? Was it? Was it Timmons podcast? No, no. This is this a, a totally different song. Yeah. Oh, then I have it. It's right. a from Isaiah chapter fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we should play it sometime. Okay. That'd be kind Maybe of fun. I should try to make sure that, I, like I. I left it alone because I've been doing so much studying. You know, I haven't messed with it. But anyway, yeah. Maybe go back and tweak it a little. Yeah. Yeah. Revise it. 
edit yep. it. Yep. Yes, sir. Nice. Well, let me um, let me get out some of the the questions that, or the. Oh, do I have to do this? Oh yeah, do that real quick. Okay. And this I'm, I'm going to pour part. it. This too. is like the start of the ceremony. Okay. Oh, ASMR. That's not crisp. All right, here. <clears throat> Bel- Belgian-style triple ale brewed with spices. It's Taxman Brewing Company. Nice. Yeah, there it is. Nice. So we have officially started the dad cast. What are we going to call this one? Last one was four sermons. Well, we will. I, I know you will title it because I never know what you're going to ask me, and then I feel like a fool because I'm like, what is he going to ask me? I don't even, like I've been so freaked out with work and everything else. I'd, yeah, I'm like, I don't feel like I'm ready for anything. But you ask good questions. I tried to. You're the Joe Rogan of Goshen. Of Goshen, yeah. Of this podcast, at least. Yeah. I'm the Joe Rogan of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, this is what I got this message from uh, Jory Hamilton. Oh, there's questions? And he said, uh, No way. Listened to Four Sermons Dadcast just now. This was made. Oh, it's not a question. Okay. He said it was really great. Cool. I said, thank you, Jory. It's all my dad. He's the man. And he said, and you're the younger man. (laughs) You guys are easy. You guys are easy to listen to. So that's awesome. Yeah. He, he, he always sends me texts too. He's a good guy. Jory's a good guy. Thanks, Jory. We appreciate it. Um, he's a keeper. Yeah. If you, if, if he listens to this one and he, I mean, yeah, I don't blame him if he doesn't. <laughs> He'll listen. Honestly, you probably probably shouldn't listen to it, Jory. You know, I was just joking. But um, uh, thank you and uh, shout out to Jory. Yep. Uh, we should we should put like a question form. Maybe. What do you think? Should we? I don't know. Could, I don't know. You don't know. Yeah, you can just message me if you ever ever have questions. It's tough if I have to start doing questions on top of the stuff that yeah, I'm trying to get ready for. But, All right. No yeah. questions. Yep. But Nate Chupp always has a question for me at church. Does he really? Good old for Nate. The oh, he's stuff? he's got questions all the time. It's cool. Really? That's yeah. good. So if you want to ask my dad questions, you should come to our church. That's right. <laughs> That's a really good segue. I like there that. There you go. Yeah. The uh, it's called Mission Seventy Two. And we get ten percent of all the no the question we get <laughs> we ten percent of all the questions that are asked. Um you are going to be teaching there at some point. So maybe we should, when we know those dates, give some people some heads up. Yes. People keep asking me and I'm not in charge of when I, it has to be when the pastors feel like it's yeah, time. To do so it. when they get, when they go up to the mountain and they hear from God yeah. and they come back and tell us church people. Yep. Um, you did teach the last podcast we did. You had not teached and then you actually taught. had <laughs> teached. You, you had not te- taught. You did not do the teaching. And now you have done the teaching. I have. How'd that go? Um, I thought it went really well. I it's interesting, but you said, Dad, you didn't you didn't get on it as much as you should have. So could have ripped them. It, it's interesting. Could've I, told I thought I was all going to hell. <laughs> and that wasn't what it was about. Oh, yeah. I thought I was much more forceful than I watched a few minutes of it. I'm like, oh, I don't sound as I sound more laid back than how I was. Feel. That was coming out of yeah. You did a good job. You had a whole hour packed worth of info, and yeah. you're just and then you opened it up for questions and answers, and that was crazy too. 
And a lot of people had questions. And a lot of people, you could see their minds being simulated. That's that's one of the cool things, too, is like at a church, this does happen sometimes. Like people will ask questions during the service. Like it's really open to, mm-hmm. you know, if you are questioning what the person said, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, I think people are used to preachers. Yeah. Which is not wrong. That's one of the fivefold gifts, but they don't get teachers. And I don't think a teacher, like a preacher is more like Kyle and James are pastors. They have a pastor heart. A preacher is sometimes they have people come in and they're almost like a motivational. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. Yeah. uh, But a teacher can be boring if you're not careful. But there's stuff you got to hear to grow up the the body. Mm. So they're probably not used to teachers because of the teaching you've heard. Yeah. Yeah. The teaching you hear on the radio, third grade level teaching. There you go. Yeah. Um, I was talking to my coworker, no longer coworker, Scott. He said that you're really smart. He's like, man, your dad knows he's, he, he goes deep. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. He listens. Oh man. I'm, I don't know if he's listening to them all, but he's listening to some. So we were talking about the podcast and some different stuff. Um, so that's cool. Cool. I was asking what his thoughts were on certain things. So, uh, okay. Now that the business awesome. is done, um, let's get on to the pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We don't know where Timmons going to go with this. So uh, we, well, I guess I, you know, you, you kind of summarized what your, well, no, you, you gave me the four sermons last, last week or last time we did dad cast. Kind of like the four different things you're looking towards. And then we start talking. I kind of want to talk about some stuff that we talked about on the ride up to you and I went and worked on a cabin in Michigan right. last, last weekend. weekend. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, that was good. That was a good time. It was. It was mm-hmm. But for both of us. Mm-hmm. Time. Yeah. Did a lot of work, a lot, a lot of hard work. Oh, man. We were worn out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but on the car ride up, you were telling me some stuff that you were learning about Genesis. Was it three? Pro, like that's when I'm focused. Yeah. Cause the first thing I want to teach on is, you know, Genesis three and then Genesis six. So I'm not, I'm not ready for nine Genesis nine and the conquest. Those are the four sermons I'm going to do, but okay. it takes me a lot of hours to get ready for to it. like deep dive into it. Yeah. 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 What do you want to kind of summarize what, what happens in Genesis three? Just so like the simple person who's never read it, you know, what what is so significant about Genesis three? Well, let me tell you what I was taught. Um, I think this little pillow is hitting that. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. It sounded like a boat going. Yeah, it's ambiance. Ambiance. Ooh, Beyonce. Um, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Stupid dad joke. Uh, okay, this is what I used to think. Um, yeah, Adam and Eve were in this nice place, you know, a garden, and uh, then Satan wanted to trick them, so he he entered the body of a snake, and then he talked to Eve and tri- tricked them into disobeying God. So that's how I've been taught. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is so elementary. Yeah. Um, and he, so unbiblical. He ate an apple because a snake <laughs> yeah. tricked him. Yeah. And that's why you have an Adam's apple in your throat because it got stuck there. You're like, uh oh. Oh. I wonder. I wonder if that's where that comes from. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. 
So well, yeah, okay, that's very, that very, very, very. That that's kind of like Noah's Ark, the little kids' version with you know a little boat and a couple of drafts sticking out of the out of the uh, one of, of the, the windows. Window. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's an idea, but it's it's like very elemental, elementary. Okay, yeah, so. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So that's not what no. Genesis three is about. Well, it's kind of about that. I mean, it's uh, it 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 misses so many things that it's almost would it be like backwards. In a way. The United States is full of Americans. Yeah, that'd like be that, about the, that'd be about the depth of it. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, I mean, it's true. Yeah. It's full of Americans. Yes. But it's not very deep. Like if you looked at what is Americans, you know, you can get kind of deep into that. Right. So what has something, what's the thing that's been kind of standing out to you recently? Or, I mean, you're probably going to teach on this, so we don't have to yeah. get super deep. They probably yeah. have to come to Mission 72 about it. But Maybe let's focus on Nakash, what Nakash is. Yeah, go for it. Okay. And, and you can help me out because you, when you ask me questions, it makes me think. I'm here for it. Uh, so. I don't know where I'm going. I'm just kind of just okay. pulling along. Um, okay. So the setting is a garden, the garden of Eden. And we have to realize that when God created the heavens, plural, and the earth, um, you have to realize the heavens, there are the first heaven, second heaven, third heaven. Okay. First heaven is our domain. That's the earth and the sky around the earth. That's first heaven. Second heaven is stars, sun, moon, stars, that area. And some people also will teach that it's uh, the place where the demonic realm hangs out. I, I can't prove that either. I, I think possibly good and evil have access to second heaven. So what you're saying is demons live on Mars. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. But yeah, so st and, sun, stars, moon, like anything outside of our yep. atmosphere could be second heaven. And then some people say it's also like um, a, a spiritual realm. S some we'll teach it's only the demonic realm, but I think it's could be it's both. But okay. um, third heaven is the place that uh, Paul said I, he didn't say he visited it, but I, I think he's talking about himself. It's and that's the throne room of God. Yeah. Okay. It's the, yeah. And that's, that's probably where John went through the revelation. That's probably where... Isaiah was. Um, so different if you prophets. look into the Bible, you'll find references of the third heaven. Yes, you will. <clears throat> and there is no references of the second heaven or they're not as clear as the third. Not heaven. quite as clear, but I do but have stuff a, on that. If but. there's a third heaven, there's probably a second and first. We can right. deduce that there's probably a second and first. Heaven. Right. That's the way right. it's been explained to me. Yes. Um, and, and they, I do have script, I won't go into that, but I have a little bit of scripture on each one of those heavens, but I'm not going to mess with that right now. Okay. But, um, so the garden of Eden was God's, uh, again, now this is not doctrine, but I, th I suspect that this is God's heart for the whole earth. He gave the earth to Adam and Eve. It was their domain. And he wanted them to turn the whole thing into Eden. The okay. Eden was a place. Like a pocket. Yeah, it's a place where you had access to first, second, and third heaven. Ooh, okay. All three. Uh, at least first and second, but probably, well, they had access to God too, because God used to come in the cool of the evening and and spend time with Adam and Eve. So, and, and if God did that, then that must have been the 
the um, you, you know how there's God the Father that no man sees and we, we can't we can't see him without. There was one time the, when, but he, there, but when Moses asked to see his face, and he said, "Well, I won't show you your face, my face, but if you hide in the cleft of this rock, right, mm-hmm. or something like that, by, yeah, he'll pass by." And then, then Moses was shining for like a month. I don't know how long, yeah. but, but the angel of the Lord is also the, probably the pre-incarnate Jesus. So, so maybe that's who walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. Okay. So, it, anyways, I, well, again, could, you can go could, could they? <clears throat> Could Adam and Eve have seen his face because they weren't sinful? Maybe. I I guess I wasn't there, but yeah. I'm just saying whatever the Garden of Eden was, it's much more than what we've taught. It wasn't just a nice place with some flowers. It was... Something it, significant to it. Yeah. And Adam and Eve had access to the spiritual realm, and it wasn't veiled to them because they hadn't fallen in sin. So they they wouldn't have been freaked out to see seraphim and cherubim, uh, the watcher class entity of what you'd call them. Um, those who sit on the divine council that you'll find that in, uh, Daniel four, the watchers decreed for Nebuchadnezzar that he was going to have seven years of punishment. I mean, there is a council that makes decisions with God. Of, of they are not God. They are celestial beings that God takes counsel with. Not that he needs their counsel, but he that's what he does. He always seems to share his authority, but he's always the supreme. Anyways, so Adam and Eve had access to this, and that is why this explains why I could never figure out for years why a snake which Nakash is not a snake. That's that's the word for the serpent, Nakash. That's the Hebrew word. But I couldn't ever figure out why a snake could talk to Eve and she wouldn't be freaked out. Well, she wasn't talking to a snake. She was talking to a celestial being that she was used... She, she had access to the celestial realm in the Garden of Eden. They, they were familiar with it. It didn't freak them out. So the the um so Nakash lures Adam and Eve into disobedience. But that word Nakash is very interesting. I'll, I'll look um I have it right here. I don't think you'll have to pause this because I think I wrote it wrote it down. Uh okay. Um, and, and by the way, I, I was always taught that that was Satan. Well, Satan doesn't appear in the yeah, text. Satan, Satan as a snake. Satan comes down, yeah. and in the way I've heard it, Satan comes down, embodies a snake. The snake then tempts Adam and Eve. At Eve, and then Eve goes and finds Adam. But they're probably there at the same time, mm-hmm. listening. Both probably listening at the same time, possibly, you yeah, know, or whatnot. But um, yeah. So it gets like embodied or serpent. So, but you're saying instead of serpent, the actual word, which you found is in Hebrew is Nakash. So the actual Hebrew word for that serpent is Nakash. Okay. Yes. And serpent's a better word than snake. Okay. So, um, Dr. Michael Heiser really pulls this apart. Um, the Hebrew word is an, as a noun, Nakash means serpent. But you need to think more of like a dragon 
rather than a snake. More uh, serpent holds that dragon type uh, image. Um, that's the noun form. The verb form of the word means uh, a deceiver or a diviner, someone who has great wisdom and uh, you know supernatural wisdom. Okay, and then the adjective of nakash means bronze or bright, a bright, brazen, shiny thing. All those put together, you've got a this brilliant being who's super intelligent, uh, probably ancient. We don't know how old Nakash is uh, because the angelic realm may have been created before the creation week. Job speaks of that. And again, we don't have to get into all that because this gets controversial. Some people can't handle that. But... Um, but so Nakash is this serpent-type being um, who is a, a deceiver or a diviner, um, and he's brilliantly illuminated. Um, so, and, and he's a, a celestial being that is part of this Garden of Eden. There are lots of celestial beings in this area. Um so it's it, it it's just it's not a snake, <laughs> that that dumbs down the whole, the whole story. Yeah, it makes it real. So yeah. <clears throat> when you said serpent's a better image of it, yeah, I think one of the things we talked about was it's more like a dragon, right? Yeah. Is what you would probably say. Yes, because and and then we also talked a little bit about how you see dragon-like depictions depictions of dragons in different cultures mm -hmm. yeah. and they're real similar yeah so where do they get that from right the second heaven you'd say maybe they probably have definitely not the third heaven who knows well nakash is also kind of related to the word seraph which is a throne guardian being mentioned in i believe um isaiah 6 chap uh, chapter 6 verse 2 and I think that's the only place in the Bible that that whole that word ever appears. Seraph is a serpentine type being. Hmm. So, so there are seraphs. The ones by the throne. Yeah. Chilling. The seraph, seraphim, I am is plural. Seraphim and cherubim are are uh, throne guardian beings. You don't want to mess with. So some people say that seraphim and cherubim are the same thing. Uh, okay, but I, I don't. I. My, the descriptions seem different to me. They both seem different, but they are so close to the throne that nothing can get through. And if this Nakash um, was a throne guardian and decided to rebel, he would have had a lot of influence to take a lot of celestial beings with him he in rebellion. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> and that may not be Satan. It may, it may be, and it may not be. It's just not in the. It's not clear. Yeah, yeah. We may we throw everything onto Satan, but you have to remember the the celestial realm is full of good and evil beings. Um, the ones who have fallen at one time had a, a governmental authority and wisdom from God. Because he had authority structures, and uh, but when they fell, 
they don't, they, they still have wisdom, but they, um, they hate each other. They hate us and they hate each other. They may mutually work with each other to destroy us, but, uh, they don't get along. So, so Satan may be a whole different entity than this thing that was in the garden, but I don't know. I'm not sure. That's interesting. I was, <clears throat> yeah, well, I want to ask like a little bit more about that, but I, we probably just don't know. I mean, this is all kind of like, like what, when were these created? You said before the week possibly. Yeah. And there's, it's a lot more complex than just baby angels. When you get to heaven who play on harps. Yes. <laughs> it's a devil, <laughs> just the devil, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I know that. Uh, and why did they rebel? Mm-hmm. Like, why did they? Because it almost sounds, oh, this is a thought that I had. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about Nakash and, they, you know, there may be other Satan-esque. We say they're Satan, but there mm-hmm. are other entities that we place on it. But it could be totally different ones. Yeah. Those are all almost like gods themselves. Yeah, they or at least t- trying to be God themselves. As long as you understand, now people will freak out when you say gods, but every Old Testament reference to the sons of God, the Elohim, the sons of God, they are called. You know, Jesus even calls them gods when he's confronting the Pharisees. Um, that doesn't mean they're. There's one all-powerful all God that is the one that we worship. He He's the uncreated. We as you. Yeah, you and I. And probably Jory. Yeah, and Jory. And uh, and uh, Beer and Bible, guys. Yeah. Um, so uh, there is a Elohim above all the Elohim. There is a God above all the gods, if you want to use that word, small G-O-D-S, gods. So the Old Testament, every time... It refers to the Bene Elohim, the sons of God. You, it it uh, it is talking about divine beings that are much diff- They're higher than us in a way, super intelligent. They may have been created before us, and I know that sounds weird because you know my position has mostly been young Earth creation. Yeah. However, um, it's changing up, huh? It's well, changing up. It's huh? changing up because I. <laughs> Here's what I love this about is, you. Okay, this is new to me. Oh, really? You've been young Earth creation um, up until well, this now, year. Probably, yeah, this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. my whole life. Yep. I still don't think the Earth is billions of years old. I, there are problems with argon, potassium dating, and carbon date. There are problems with it that that the evolutionists won't they won't admit. Right. But well, it's a complex thing. Yeah, it is. You can't just slap it and say this is what it is. But but here's where I'm at right now. That yeah. of the five major views of how things began, and we won't get into those. But the two most viable are gap the gap theory and young Earth creationism. And and again, I'm not going to get into de- details on that. But um, say that for a different podcast. Yeah. But uh, what I think young Earth creationism does is it. The okay, the fundamentalist the, the the church is splint has always been splintering, and it keeps getting infiltrated with with liberal theology that is very unbiblical. And so the fundamentalists did this in the 1900s, and they're doing it again now. Um, they try to protect the Bible from liberalism, 
and uh, I don't blame them. So I think young earth creationism is a is a way of protecting the Bible from evolution theories that are infiltrating the church, which are based on more you know Marxism and other things that are not you know it's not biblical. Um, it's not a salvation issue. You can you can believe in billions of years of evolution if you want to, and you can still be saved. So I'm. I don't want to make it a salvation issue, but it I think is very unscriptural. So that's what I really like about young earth creationism. It's a protection for the, you know, the purity of the Bible. But how do you deal with, uh, I don't have the verse memorized, but there's a verse in Job that talks about, um, you know, before, before the universe was created or before the earth was created, the, uh, the morning star, the, the angels sang and were in awe of what God was doing. So when he's creating the earth during the creation week, the angels are already there, mm. like cheering him on, like, this is awesome. Mm. You know, how do you deal with stuff like that? So, yeah, I would believe God is big enough to, to create the earth in six literal 24-hour days. He can do that. He's that awesome. But there may have been something just a little bit before. There, There is room for, you know, where it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void. So there could have been a catastrophe, and God was starting over again. There, there's room for that in the, in the Hebrew. I know young earth creationists don't like that, but you, I, I have to just go, look, I, I wasn't there. Yeah, no. And there are little inklings of there's something going on possibly before the creation week. So some theologians will just hate that. But I think, you know, I wasn't there and neither were they, the ones who think they know. Yeah. So we have to, we have to at least go. There's, yeah. Let's. So I know you're, you're like, dad, this, is this, yeah, is this you, dad? Up. Okay. So, so why did they rebel? Well, yeah, you know, we haven't. We, I mean, we've mm-hmm. still we've kind of walked off on a bunch of different bunch of trails we're talking about in the yeah. gosh, but it just it's like, yeah, you know, why why did that all happen? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it sets up for a good sto- story arc. Yeah, really. Okay, so here's here's a th- here's some theories I've heard because again, I don't, I can't tell you why, but imagine these super ancient. Let, let's say they've been around. 10,000 years before creation. Celestial beings that yeah. got created. Maybe a million. I don't know. So they've been around. They're, they're much more intelligent than us. Um, they are amazingly wise and old and powerful. And then God creates Adam out of dirt and makes him a living being and says he's going to rule over the earth and he and the angelic realm is going to be subject to him because <laughs> there are indications you know that we we when you know paul talks about us one day we'll rule over angels so if you can think of that that that's um i think i've heard some rabbinical teaching like um, God paraded, th- th- this isn't biblical, but you know how rabbis contemplate on this, that um, God 
paraded Adam in front of the angels, and some of them said, no way, I'm not bowing to that. Mm. Now, that's a rabbi, so that's not, that's, yeah, there's, no, there's no scripture on that, but it is interesting, and that's when they decided, um, no, we're more superior. And then when, when that pride takes hold of you, you know, you, you know, angels have free will too. They're not little robots. They had to have free will because at least a third of them rebelled. That's so, and they have emotion. They have intellect. They have free will. Um, How do they have emotion? How do you know that? Well, when they sang, when God oh, was yeah. creating. Um, yeah. So we, we've so been taught. Weird. I'm so like, that's so weird. Yeah, we, we, we've been taught that angels are like, you know, these little things that have wings and they, and whenever we need help, we just go, we ask for them to help us. You know, they're a lot more freaky than, yeah, they do minister to us, the ones that are righteous, but they're powerful. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, like <laughs> when you're talking about God parading us in front of these celestial beings and saying they will have dominion over them. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> that's not what I want. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. let them do the thing. I don't want to, you know, cause like, I don't know how I could, it's just weird. It is weird. You know, but one of the things we talked about on a car right up is we have authority. Mm -hmm. Still do. Still. Have. We still have dominion. It's just harder. Yeah, what were you going to say? No, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, we've been taught that when Adam and Eve fell, we lost dominion and everything. No. We, we signed over the keys to the earth to nope. Satan. No, nope. I've heard. Nope. I, I know I've heard that too, but um, I, I believe we're much more powerful than... We, not, this is not a, you have the power in you, that kind of... It's not positive thinking or whatever. I'm just saying, yeah, our position is tougher because of the fall. But um, we have dominion. The, the, the problem is, is that the people, it seems, that are attracted to power, like political power, are not attracted to God necessarily, but attracted to the power of the position they will have, and then they become puppets in the hands of the demonic realm. And that's why Satan has such a hold or, or satanic beings or whatever you want to call it, have such a hold because they're using men as puppets, but they can't, they can't sit in our dominion. We have to give it to them. I, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, um, I'm thinking, and you said political power, but now I'm even thinking like, you know, spiritual power, you know, like we're, yeah. the Lincoln, I did that episode about that pastor. That it was yeah. in Warsaw. Yes. And uh, there's more stuff coming out right now about, like, um, he is, like, this has happened multiple times with other females. Mm. Not just that one female. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just wonder, like, when uh, when you're going to that place, people are praising him, doing all these things. Like, I wonder if he becomes a puppet. I mean, mm -hmm. he, wa exactly. he was a puppet for the demonic. There's no question yep. about that. Yes. Well, you remember the... The church that you went to when you were younger, when you're—I'm not going to name names, but um, yeah. there were some good people there. 
Yeah. It was a fundamental Baptist, yeah. King James only. The, the pastor is your God. It was it was a personality cult. Mm-hmm. When he left, that church fell apart. I mean, yeah. it's still kind of going, but so the church was not built on Jesus as their identity. It was built on that pastor, and then he left. So yeah. he had something to do, and I don't know. They always say, well, God told me to do this. I'm like, I think you just want to go. It's a little... Anyways. Get spicy anytime someone says God tells you to do something. That's just rule number one for listeners at home. And when someone tells them that God told them to do something, that's like a red flag. Yeah. To me, it's like, okay. Yep. All right. So now I'm supposed to do something because God told you to do it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, or God told me to tell you this. I've heard heard that. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't know. There's just... Yeah. Yeah. I remember at... um, I remember at, uh, at uh, Grace College, um, when p- people wanted to break up with their girlfriend, they'd be like, God told me this. I'm like, no, dude. You found a new girl that you wanted to date. <laughs> God didn't tell you anything. It's all flesh, man. No. Is that what happened to you? <laughs> oh, no. Grace College? No, no okay. No, I just yeah, saw I don't want to throw that. anybody under the bus, but, you I know. Just, no. No, I just saw that happen. It's usually um, youth pastors. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> uh, people who are starting to be youth pastors, they would use that line all the time. Then they go start dating another girl, so... Hmm. It's funny. How convenient. Very convenient. Timon is reading his text upside down. I'm pretty yeah. I'm amazed. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. No, no, I was reading it upside down, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're pretty good. And you, you turned it upside down again. Yeah. I don't need to see it. Okay. Let me flip it over. Oh, you can. All right, let's go back to Nikosh. Let's talk okay. about the Garden of Eden. Um sorry, sorry, okay. folks. Got a little little sidetracked. Yeah, t- t- was t- it your wife texting you? No. No. Oh, okay. No. It was the bros. The bros. The okay. bros were texting me. The bros. They said, tell us about Garden of Eden, bro. <laughs> we, need, we need to know. <laughs> this isn't live. No, it's not. So <laughs> Garden of Eden, you said, was a place that all three heavens, right? Yeah. And we were hanging out at. Uh, well, Adam and Eve were hanging out at. Uh-huh. Well, we, when things finish... Here on Earth, it'll be like Garden of Eden again. I think that's God's and what He, he said, wants. Yeah, there was supposed to be like a dominion. This is all again, kind of your things that you're thinking about, theories mm-hmm. or stuff. Yeah, um, you think that was supposed to spread across the yes. the Earth? I think Adam and Eve's purpose and was to take Eden and move it across the whole Earth because the Earth was probably wild and you know. Nothing they had to be afraid of, but wild, yeah, and untamed. Do you think that um, it was, yeah, there's spiritual beings just doing their own thing all over the place too. Good question. I don't know about that. I just know that you know they God just commanded in Eden only. They're probably all over the earth. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they had access. That's a good question. I haven't thought about it. They, I just know that Eden was a place where they all met, or all three heavens seemed well according to my understanding again a lot of people have never heard of that but they just think of eden as a kind of a nice garden that god planted on the earth and then he would visit it in the evening no i think it's where all three heavens had intersection so that's weird yeah we don't know how to think about that yeah hard to think about and it's interesting um, 
Nakash had such a hatred for them that his plan was to see either there may even be more than these things that I'm saying, but he was either expecting God to execute Adam and Eve once they sinned, because that would be one response that they deserved, or they would be banished from the Garden of Eden and could not eat from the tree of life, and so they would eventually die. So either, either way, you know, he thought they were dead. And either way, it, it would hurt God because mm. God would not be happy about doing that. And so God chose the third one. did banish them, but he always has, he's always playing just chess on such a higher level. He had already, before the foundation of the earth, had determined that Jesus would die for us, which Nakash didn't know. You know what I mean? So, because Jesus is called, in, in Revelation, he's called the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the earth. So, so God already had a plan in place to frustrate what Nakash did to us by luring us to be banished outside the gates of Eden. <laughs> God's amazing. <laughs> That's crazy. It's it's just, yeah. Do you think the Eden's still here? Hmm. If it, well, remember, there are probably many more dimensions than what we understand. And so is if it is here, it's in a dimension we don't, we can't perceive because we once we were banished from the Garden of Eden, our, I think our there's a veil between us and the spiritual realm. We don't see it very well. I mean, we, we do understand there are people that are much more able to understand it than some people, you know what I mean? But I really think there's quite a veil. So if Garden of Eden exists, if there is a touch, touch point somewhere on the earth, we probably can't perceive it, if yeah. that makes sense. I wonder if it's like Africa. Somewhere in Africa, because I don't know. This is just a maybe thought. Jerusalem. I don't know. It could be Jerusalem. I just think because, like, well, yeah, there's a lot of spiritual. I just, you know, when when I hear people that go on mission trips, they're like, dude, so much more spiritual things happen mm-hmm. in Africa than they do in the United States. Maybe because it's a different place or whatever. Yeah. But you wonder, like, um, yeah, the closer you are to the place where all three places touch, I'm sure there's more spiritual activity. Yeah. Or like things are happening than compared to farther away. Not that that, mm-hmm. but you wonder. That was something that just popped up in my mind. I mean, that maybe maybe Jesus was crucified at the gates of Eden. Mm. I never thought of that until just now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting too. So promised land. Mm-hmm. Why is that area the promised land? It, it was land that was promised to. Yeah, Abraham, Abraham, that his offspring would would have dominion over, because God had a reset button with Abraham. You know, he started not that he he didn't abandon all Gentiles, but he started over with um, you know the, the one nation that he was going to work through yeah. to bring the Messiah. That's part of the Tower of Babel sermon. That uh, um, the nations 
kept rejecting God. You'll see this in Deuteronomy 32. The nations kept rejecting God. And so God at the Tower of Babel, you know, they built the tower because they were going to take on heaven in, in this um, war or whatever they were, you know, the Tower of Babel may have been a, they're trying to make a portal into heaven to, to wage war, which is amazing. But I, at that point, I think God, uh, God said, okay, you don't want me to be your ruler because all the sons of Noah were called to follow God, you know, when they came out of the ark. And of course they're all rebelling at the Tower of Babel or most of them. So it's that at that point when he gave them over to, um, you don't want to be ruled by me. You can be ruled by these celestial beings that, that's the Deuteronomy 32, the, the, the council members, they're lesser beings than God. And that's where the, the 70 nations were partialed out to the, the, the sons of God, the Bene Elohim. And I don't know, throwing some weird stuff at you, but, um, so before Tower of Babel, we were able to hang out with, the. well, as soon as Noah and his family left the ark, they, they were, the uh, covenant was reinstituted. Take dominion of the world, of the earth, you know, populate the earth, take dominion of it. So it was just like the Garden of Eden. You know, let's start over. Let's do this right. And you give them a couple hundred years and they're building a Tower of Babel to, to uh, basically a middle finger to God. That's what they were doing, yeah. right? And so God said, okay. You don't want me to rule you. I'm going to let these angelic beings rule you who are probably fallen. Yeah. Because look at all the nations. God picked Israel to be his nation, right? He was going to pick them. And he let all the other nations be ruled by lesser beings. Hmm. And that's why you have all these different, you know, the Assyrians worshipped Ashur. Well, that's not God. Um, the Moabites, what did they worship? Molech, or I forget which one. These are these are fallen angel entities that um, that they worshipped and were there under their dominion because they God had given them over. He said, "Go ahead, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you. I'm not gonna lead you anymore." It's good. That's that's what Deuteronomy 32 is about. You have to kind of have to read that to understand that. So. God chose Israel to be his his people that he would work through to to reconcile to bring the world to to know him. So he's just going to work with one nation. And by the way, Deuteronomy 32 that that vision of him the Tower of Babel, you know, letting the nations be ruled by other beings instead of God was before Israel ever existed. So God is calling out something that has doesn't exist yet and then you know because abraham's born later and then god starts working with abraham wow so <laughs> you okay <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's it's just so much so much to think about it's so not something that we're learning ever taught or something mm -hmm. it's just not that i'm against it you know, yeah. it's just like, wow, this is fascinating. It's, it, it's, it makes, yeah, something that's so simple, like really co complex and 
there's so much more to it. So you got to sit there and think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably a lot of people who grew up in the church are like, oh, I can't believe you're talking about this. Crazy. <laughs> um, how does this apply to us today? You know, like, what does this mean for us? Like, just the average person just doing their thing. Like, what does this mean for us? That's tough. Um, if we understand that God was was bringing a Messiah through the the Israel Israeli nation, um, you can understand why the satanic, demonic, fallen realm has such a hatred for Israel and why they've been trying to annihilate them and take them out because they didn't want a Messiah to be born. So, you know, the, the fallen realm can read prophets or they can know prophecy too. It's veiled. That That's partially why prophecy is kind of veiled in a way, because God doesn't give all his hints away. He, he gives us little ideas of what's going to happen, but the fallen realm is always watching too, but he's already played the chess game out. They've lost anyway. So, um, anyways, yeah, he's been playing 4d for a minute. Yeah. But you asked me, what is that? Okay. Uh, it's important to know that, uh, we haven't replaced Israel. There's, well, I think, can I say this? Yeah, go ahead. Israel is in place so that Jesus could come. And what the significance of Jesus was through him, do we gain back our authority? Um, in a way, or it like makes it more accessible for us. Like I know I've been, I've been in situations where, um, <clears throat> just like weird, dark stuff's happening. And when I just say, you know, you're not welcome here, you know, Jesus, like that literally cuts it out. Right. Like using Jesus's name, I've used it in situations, um, specific situations where people are seeing things or feeling things or going through things and I'm like, well, Okay, that's not welcome here because Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, so it was like almost like a trump card. Yeah. Like just wins every single time. Jesus, yeah. right? Which is really simple. Mm-hmm. But is that, and was that, uh, I mean, it's a huge key. Yeah. Right. So that's, was that what you were trying to focus on or does that make sense? Well, keep going. Keep going. Um, Uh, the, the the look Adam and Eve are supposed to rule the world under the sovereignty of God, which would be great because it's not it wouldn't be arrogant it would be great it it, it wouldn't be self uh, aggrandizing or anything. So Adam and Eve were supposed to spread Eden through the whole world and rule over the whole earth, but they. They lost that position, in a, and it became harder to take dominion of the world because, you know, God said, you know, after the fall, he's, he's you know, the, he, he laid punishments on them. Didn't curse them. The ground was cursed. Nakash was cursed. But he didn't curse Eve or he didn't curse Adam, but he did make things harder. There was a punishment. So that's why I say we're still supposed to take dominion. But the fallen realm has tried to usurp our position, our uh, 
our place on this earth several different ways. And one was at Genesis, the Genesis six rebellion, which again, we can't get into right now. And the tower of Babel using men as puppets to try to get the whole world to, you know, go against God. Um, so over and over, there's these, these attempts to take dominion of the world so what the wonderful thing about Jesus is that he is fully God and fully man. So he has the right to sit on the throne of Adam and rule. Um, and so we get to rule and reign with him because we, we, we didn't, we lost that position at the beginning, but we gain it again through him. And I'd much rather have him ruling and, and me alongside with him. I'm, I like that better anyway. It's a better deal. Yeah. So, yeah, these things are important to know because it puts it 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 helps you. Look, these sermons that we're going to go into are going to help you understand. Um. The the fallen realm, their hatred for us, for Israel, and for each other. It, it will help us to understand. Um why there's so much talk about UFOs, the alien invasion, the soft disclosure of aliens. I mean, our government is now saying that there's such a thing. We need to understand what that is about. Uh, we need to understand there's going to be a great deception to, to pull, to, to bring people away from the coming of Je They're going to see Jesus as the enemy instead of the savior, <laughs> you know, um, we tricked. Cool. Be tricked. Um, studying this stuff will also make you understand why uh, Joshua had to eliminate. I mean, that sounds bad, but certain people groups because they were their bloodlines were so polluted with uh, stuff that was going on. It's it, 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 people don't understand that because they're like God is the God of the Old Testament is so mean because well, but he. He had at one time he had to flood the whole earth to to reset everything and and so the conquest at least they were just dealing with the people groups that were utterly polluted with what they were doing really bad stuff so yeah yeah I'm just trying to think like I, I let's say there's someone that's listening that just randomly picked our podcast <laughs> and just what does this mean to them you know like what is this you know, mm -hmm. for the average Christian, which, which I think probably is most of our audience, maybe not all of them are Christian. That's okay. But like, what does this, what does this mean? You know, how does this apply? I'm just trying to think how we can just mm. I'd love to wrap it up and put a button on it and send them off. Mm. But you can't always do that. You can't make it like a story tale finish. I think, um, I think, well, a lot of Christians are bored with church because they're not getting fed this deep stuff. Yeah. Non-Christians might look at this and go, this, this Crazy. is really weird, yep. but the guy's talking about a ex extraterrestrial beings. He's yeah. talking about end times. He's talking and he's, yeah. So hitting on subjects that, well, look, our culture is actually actually being 
trained about the fallen realm. They just don't know it. They're being trained um, through Marvel and Disney and stuff like that. But Marvel is twisting the real story. Like I watched the Eternals. So these are demigods. These are heroes of old. They're like the Nephilim, basically. But they make them the hero. They make them wonderful, benevolent. But uh, so this the sec Hollywood and sec they're in touch with this stuff. Um, but but it's fake news. They're they're twisting it to make those people wonderful. Um. But if you look at it in a biblical way, um, in the end times, uh, these fallen beings are released to wreak havoc upon the earth. They're not the they're not the good guys, but I think we're being trained to think that they're the good guys. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you don't have to agree with me if you're not a. If you're not a Christian, this all sounds really weird. If you're, well, even if you're a Christian, this so, probably sounds really weird. Yeah. Weird, but okay. no, he's being trained on it. So, uh, keep the dad cast weird. <laughs> I'm here to say that. Um, yeah, no one is being trained on it. It's God, so much to think about. And I guess another thing is, is like, you know, it's in the Bible. That's the interesting thing. Like, it's such a, it's such a story that I've not heard. Out of a story that everyone's read. Does that make sense? Think if you ha built a house without a basement or a roof. Yeah. That's Christianity today. They don't talk about Genesis or Revelation. They don't have a basement and they don't have a roof. Hmm. There's still a house there, but... And that's what's going on. And that's that's why this stuff sounds foreign. But you notice I keep tying tying it back, you know... Genesis back into the end times too, you know, that they fit together. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're both crazy. And I feel very, um, this is why it takes me to probably 30 to 48, 30 to 40 hours per sermon because I feel so inadequate to tell to tell it properly and yeah and i'm still not going to get it right because i'm a man you know I, i'm, I'm going to get things messed yeah, up you're so. a man i'm a man yeah, you're a man <laughs> so but <laughs> I, at some point i have to teach it you know, yeah. you know what i'm saying you, you have to go with it and go look i don't i don't quite know this part but this here's is what, what i think learning from it this is the things i'm yeah growing from I'm putting you to sleep, buddy. No, it's weird. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. <sighs> it's just so weird. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think about what's our purpose on Earth. To take the minion. It's just such a like. Yeah, I think I've talked to you about this too. Like, yeah, I don't know if I can have an answer. Maybe I'll think a little bit more on it. I want something that's a little bit more tangible, like an answer to some stuff. You know. Well, there are squatters on our there. Look, God, just this week. Uh, I don't know what it was, but I'm going to have to think through it again. But I was realizing there have been squatters on our, not physical property, but um, what our family has been called to. And God's like, 
This is why I'm showing you stuff so you can quick you can kick those squatters off. I mean, Satan's the ultimate squatter. Like, you know what a squatter is? Is like like if you owned a home and then you went away and, and neglected it, and somebody came and lived in your house, but it's still your house. You paid it, you bought it, and you come back and go, uh oh. You have to figure out a way to get those squatters out of your house, but it's yours, and that's what's happened to our family line. There's stuff that we've been called to that God keeps opening up and we keep kicking off, you know, squatters and taking over stuff that we're supposed to already possess, if that makes sense. Mm. And that's cool. Every dad should be doing that for his family. So it's not just me, but so. um Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess, and if we're if we were created to have dominion over these uh, uh, beings, you know, these celestial beings, that's a lot of power. <laughs> and I'm careful about that because you you know that one church in Goshen. That's a, that one church. That one church. Yeah. When they were one of my friends, yeah, he was angry at me because he's like, you 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 guys don't. You guys don't know how to fight Satan. I'm like, dude, I do not ask for. I have a. I belong to Jesus, who is much more powerful than the demonic realm. But I don't go looking for a fight. Yeah. You know. Well, so, and you you just talked about how in Genesis three it's Nakash that we've been calling Satan, and he could be yelling at Satan and not the. He's he's saying you don't know how to fight Satan. He doesn't even know who Satan is. We don't even know who Satan is. Right. Satan could just be something that we've been told for our whole lives, and it could be something way more complex than that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. I do know that Jesus called, tied, I think, Satan and Beelzebub together. So Beelzebub may be more a proper name for... But, yeah, the Hebrew word Satan is usually means the adversary. So it could be any yeah. any different being at different times. So just another layer deeper. Yeah. Well, we're we're an hour in. Serious. We, yeah. Yeah, we better wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could just put a bow on this. Well I'll, let me say this. You're a human mm-hmm. and it it's you're the, the the smallest spiritual being on earth, <laughs> the youngest <laughs> spiritual being on earth, mm-hmm. and the most powerful spiritual being on earth because that's what God gave us to, to the dominion over all other celestial beings, which is crazy. No clue what that is or how, how you're supposed to do that. Um, I'm sure there's ways to do that. And there's probably, mm-hmm. you know, it's in the Bible, right? But mm-hmm. knowing these things is helpful Yeah. to... It just gives you another perspective, you know. And if you want to not agree with us, that's totally cool too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. My dad is disagreeing with himself all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, figure out. Same here. You know, I'm not perfect. That's for sure. Yeah. Like, there's. Yeah, please don't clap when I get up to speak. You know, like that type uh, of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've been studying the Bible for forty years, and I. T- do not understand it. I mean, I understand it, but I do, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I yeah. didn't, I thought I knew this and I didn't. And now I'm, it's, 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 I, it's a treasure chest every time I open it up, man. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Magical. Yeah. Which is weird. It's like, it's really, it's just like, it's, it's the thing that 
I think culturally, or at least growing up, this is the vibe I felt is just this old, weird book that's really kind of boring, right? And we're talking about stuff that's like fascinating and wacky and just like something that I don't, you know, maybe people have heard, but to me it's like, wow, this is just like something I didn't really know, even though I've read this. Mm Mm-hmm couple of different times but then then now when we're going to go back and read it with this thought in mind thinking this direction because mm-hmm. i think we're supposed to i think a lot of people have read the bible one direction right you know this is the the way you're supposed to read it this is how you read it this is the way everyone's supposed to think about it these are all the answers there's no questions to it right but then you start thinking about it like oh well what if there is multiple spiritual beings and what if this and this and this and you, you know, it's like, oh, this gets a little bigger and mm-hmm. more complex than the last time that I read it. Right. Um, yeah, it's just weird. Oh, I wanted to get to, maybe we'll save this for another one, but I want you were talking about the text. Now there's two types of texts. One that uh, is spiritual and one that's not. Oh. And the, new, and the King James is a non-spiritual text. Okay. Yeah, I, do I we can tell it real quick. quick. All right, and then we'll finish It's up. important. Yeah. Look, um, the Septuagint, I mean, the, the original text that Isaiah and Jeremiah and those, those are inerrant, but we don't have them anymore. Okay, you know, like the prophecies that Isaiah wrote down, we, we don't have those anymore, but we have reliable copies of them. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so I'm not going after the Bible. I am a conservative, theologically conservative, but okay. The Septuagint is a text that um, 70 Jewish, uh, let's call them theologians, were commissioned to um, translate the Hebrew into Greek because many, many, many Jews couldn't weren't re- using Hebrew anymore and they needed a Greek translation. And this was 200 years before Jesus was born. Okay. So the Septuagint was written... 200 years before Jesus. Okay? So that's... Hold that thought. Jesus is born. Christianity begins. Gentiles plow into the church and just, you know, the Jewishness of the church goes away. The Gentiles become a huge portion of the church. Most of Christianity is Gentile now. And we lose our Jewish roots. The Jewish community and the the, uh, Christians didn't always get along. There's problems with both sides. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bashing Jews, but after a while, the Jews got tired of the gospel being shown through the old Testament because Paul and all those apostles preached the gospel from the old Testament, right? It's there. So the, um, the Jewish community was tired of the Messiahship and the deity of Christ and all that stuff. And so they, they um, collated an Old Testament version called the Masoretic Text. And it, and it didn't happen in one century, but it's, it's, it's going to be about eight to 900 years collated, you know, after, after Christ, right? So that, those are called the Masoretic Texts. Well, the Masoretic Text dumbed down super, the supernatural portions of the Bible. Uh, like the Old Testament. Of, of the Old Testament. Yeah, both of these are Old Testament. So 
the Jews before Jesus was was born saw they understood that there was the invisible God and yet there was this angel of the Lord that was God. They they had the complexity of knowing the uh, incarnate Jesus before they had a name for him or whatever. They they knew that the the I forget what it's called the two power uh, the two power. There, there's a double power, you know, there's this invisible God, there's this God that's visible. When they came to Abraham, there was a visible person that ate with Abraham and then said, should I not tell Abraham what I'm about to, he's speaking as God. So that's the incarnate Jesus before, you know what I mean? The, the Septuagint understands that. Um, you know, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. In the Isaiah passage, it talks about the deity of of Christ and uh, a Messiah being born to a virgin. Well, the Masoretic text says uh, some this child's going to be born to a young woman. Well, that's totally different. So the Masoretic text dumbs down the supernatural realm. And the Masoretic text is what we get our King James from, and a lot of other things. So, so there, it, when you read, when you're reading your New Testament and you see Jesus quote an Old Testament passage, you look at his words, and then you go back to the Old Testament, and sometimes the words are a little bit different because the Masoretic text is I, I think I think sometimes is it editing it or something yeah and anyways I I haven't done a deep dive on that but you need to understand I I'm not knocking the Bible I'm just saying the Jewish community that made the Masoretic the Masoretes had an agenda yeah so, and it's been in place I mean <clears throat> we're a thousand years after that you know what I mean mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's a long time for things to get kind of set in stone and people to forget. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'd be interested to know yeah. what translations have the Septuagint as the base. Yeah. Now, when I do study, sometimes I'll go back to, um, I'll use a tool that'll go back to the Septuagint. And I'm not saying the Septuagint is always correct. I mean, you know, translations have, all of them have their goods and their bads, you know. I mean, the NIV has a lot of problems. The King James has a lot, is very reliable, but it's hard to understand. Yeah. So. But this King James is built on Masoretic. I know, but so is NIV. And so I guess the new, people are saying the new NET uh, um, version is really good because they'll they'll put notes underneath and go, well, this is why we chose this word, you know, and and they'll give reasons why. So Mm. they'll give you, so. But that's good. But oh, somebody calling you? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for. Uh, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Be cool with that. Yeah. Um, well, guys, we'll catch you on the next dadcast. All right. All right. Bye. Peace. <laughs>